Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography. And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him in his addiction for four years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions. And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ. We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hi everyone, and welcome to Supported Sobriety. Please excuse my stuffy nose. We've been a little bit under the weather this weekend. Matt and Ezra got the worst of it. I've mostly just had stuffy nose. They were a little bit more sick. Uh, Then yesterday for Labor Day, they were feeling a little bit better. So we decided to get out of the house and we went to the Sheepdog Festival, which was really fun. But on the way, right when we got there, Ezra just started like puking everywhere. (laughs) So he was just in his car seat and... Yeah, it was just like full of puke and we haven't really had like a puking accident like that happen before with either of our kids yet. So it was simultaneously funny and horrible, but we cleaned him up and we hung out for a little bit and we just came home and he he was a lot better after that, but it was kind of funny, kind of sad. Um, But anyway, so we're feeling a little bit better, but I still kind of have a little stuffy nose, but we wanted to jump on and do a podcast anyway. Um, So I, for this podcast, I interviewed one of my friends. Her name is Mary, and Mary and I met in a 12-step meeting. She and her husband were going to the meeting with me and Matt, and they are just a really great couple. I know that you will be able to learn from Mary's story and probably relate to a lot of things that she talks about. One of my favorite things that she talks about is self-care and she kind of gives some tips that her counselor gives to her about how to take care of yourself after your husband has a relapse or like how to talk to your husband about that so you can make sure that you are not getting lost in everything that's going on with your husband, that you can feel like you are emotionally, mentally, physically taken care of. And I also really love that she talked about finding her self-worth from Heavenly Father and not necessarily from her husband. And so she kind of talks more about that. And I love the advice and the tips that she gives. So be listening for those things. And again, I'm so grateful that Mary was able to come onto the podcast and share her story. And I'm sure you will love it. Here's Mary. Hi, Mary. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. So tell me a little bit about you and about what's going on in your life right now. Um, so right now I am currently in school. I'm attending UVU and I'll graduate this spring, which I'm really excited about. And we currently have one little girl and another on the way. And we're excited to have that other little addition to our family. Oh, so that's just kind of what we're doing. That is so exciting. How close are your girls going to be? In age. We'll be 19 months apart. Oh, fun. So that pretty close. Really We're a little yeah. nervous. Yeah. Excited, but nervous. <laughs> yeah, I get that. My boys are 17 months apart. So 
kind of in that age range. Everyone like always reassures me though, like they'll you'll, you probably get this all the time, like oh they'll be best friends when they're older and things like that. So that makes me feel a little bit better about it. But yeah, for sure, it is kind of scary. But at least for us, it's been really fun. I'm sure I'm sure you'll love it having them close together. Yeah, we're excited. That's fun. Um, and what are you studying in school? I'm studying behavioral science, so it's like a mix between psychology and social work. That's really cool. I love that. What are you, are you planning on like going into the field with that at all? No, not really. I just want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I wanted to get a degree that I felt like could help me at home as well as if I needed to get a job that I could. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was going to say that, that that is a perfect degree to get to help you with kids and with relationships and just generally in life. Like that's awesome. I love that. And then what is your husband Jackson doing right now? He is working for a venture capital fund, doing some financial analysis for them, but he's also in school and will graduate this spring as well. Oh, fun. So you're graduating at the same time. Yeah. And we're excited to be done. (laughs) Yeah. That's perfect timing. And you guys are amazing for having a baby and also being pregnant and doing (laughs) school. I'm sure you get that all the time too, but it's not easy to do that. That's amazing that you guys are doing that. Yeah, it's definitely been an adventure that we have had to figure out along the way. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I think it, I had my oldest, Ellison, I think it was like my last semester. Maybe I had two semesters left, but it was like kind of a spring and summer semester. So it wasn't as intensive as a regular semester, you know, but it was really tough. Like I had to, Matt and I did the classic like baby swap at BYU, you know, like taking the baby to him and he had to take Ellison to his class for a little bit. So it was fun, but you just make it work. Like you said, you know, you just figure it out. Yeah. And I've been lucky. I've had mostly online classes. Oh yeah. So I've been able to, with our first, I remember I'd sit in bed until about 12 every day. Mm-hmm. just with her on my lap so that way I could do my homework <laughs> while she slept so, oh my gosh been fun good for you well yeah that's gonna be amazing to be done with school and just kind of move on with your life yeah we're excited good well that is so exciting again thank you so much for coming on really excited to hear everything about your story and about your experiences and stuff um so why don't you just start off talking about where your story began with your husband and being his support person. So my husband and I, we met on our missions in Ohio and he got home six months before me. And when I got home, we started spending all time together and started dating and our relationship progressed really quickly. We started dating three weeks after I got home and then we were engaged six weeks after that. Oh, how fun. So yeah, really quick. And yeah. before we got engaged, cause we started talking about it. I just asked, him one night if he had a relationship with pornography and I was very lucky because he was very honest with me very open about his struggle that he had and one thing that he told that he still struggled with it but it wasn't very frequent and so going into our marriage I was prepared for some struggle but not nearly as much as we ended up encountering especially with school and turned out that he had really bad anxiety and he'd been self-medicating for that. And then we got pregnant and there were all kinds of crazy twists and turns. So that's just kind of how it all started. Yeah. That's in some ways that's kind of similar to my story. At least my husband and I met on our mission too, which is really fun and got engaged really quickly and everything just kind of happened really fast. But yeah, so my husband was kind of honest with me, but didn't really fully disclose 
all the information, you know? I had a lot of that feeling that he was honest with me, but because he didn't disclose everything when I found it out later, it was definitely a lot more difficult mm-hmm. to navigate than if right. he'd been completely open and honest right at the start. Yes, absolutely. So you guys got married and when did it kind of start becoming more of a problem after you guys got married? Was it kind of like right at the beginning or was it later into your marriage? So it started actually, I got pregnant. We had an unplanned pregnancy after we got married and his anxiety got really high. So he started having panic attacks two or three times a week and it was really bad. And so we started self-medicating with pornography just to help calm his nerves. And I had no idea that he was doing that. And so one night we were FaceTiming his family because we did that every Sunday. And I saw some stuff come up in his search history. And that's when everything ended up coming out. And he ended up disclosing with me that he had been struggling, even though he'd been telling me he was okay. He really hadn't been. That must have been really hard for you. It was definitely shocking. And I was very angry at first, which was not a helpful reaction for him. But it was something that I felt very real was just that he couldn't be honest with me. And I'd been nothing but supportive and kind about the whole situation. I mean, I didn't feel well because I was in my first trimester of pregnancy and I was super sick. And we'd been up every, like almost every night with his panic attacks and his anxiety. And so I felt like that was something that he should have disclosed was what was going on and what was triggering more of this anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know when my husband, cause my husband um, was honest with me for a lot of our marriage as well. And like, I know you probably know what it's like, but just, I cannot even explain like the deep hurt and pain that comes from that when, especially like from your perspective, like you were saying, when you just felt like you were being so kind and so supportive and doing everything that you could to help him. And he's just like completely cutting you off from this other part of his life that he wasn't being honest about. Yeah, for sure. It was really scary. Um, so how far into your marriage was that when everything kind of came out? That was about four or five months in. Okay. And you guys have been married for three years and then it kind of started coming out about four or five months in. So you've been dealing with that for most of your marriage at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. It's been a very long, intensive process. Yeah, I bet. So tell me a little bit more about what happened after that when you were really angry with him and it was, it was probably a really hard time after all of that kind of stuff came out. Tell me more about what happened after that experience. So I got really angry and he was not very, he didn't want to talk to me about it. I was the one person that he just did not want to have any interaction with in regards to pornography. So he started calling his dad to talk with his father about it, which it was good that he was open with someone, but I felt very betrayed that he would not be open with me after having a relapse. Why was he saying that he wasn't wanting to be open with you about it? He said he didn't like that it hurt me. And so he just didn't want to tell me about it. Mm -hmm. It It's something that he was trying to hide to protect me. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's pretty common for a lot of men who are struggling. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, what were you saying about him talking to his dad and how that was going? So I, it was good. I was happy he was talking to someone, but I felt very betrayed that it wasn't me. And at that point, his anxiety was still really bad. And so 
we started talking about him needing to meet with a counselor because we weren't getting the help that we needed. And with him not being honest, I was spiraling and he was spiraling and we were just getting to a really unhealthy place in our relationship where it didn't feel like we were equal partners. It felt like we were both trying to do our own thing and not really interacting with each other nearly as healthily as we should have been. Yeah, that makes sense. So you kind of started going to counseling. Did you start going to counseling at that time too? No. So I didn't start going to counseling until after we had our first baby. Okay. Pregnancy was really hard on his anxiety. And so after about nine months of just ups and downs and dishonesty and unhealthy patterns, I decided that I needed to take some time for myself because Mm -hmm. even though it was his addiction, it was still affecting me in a negative way. And I was starting to have negative feelings about myself because of it. Absolutely. Especially, I don't know, at least for me and from what I've heard from other women too, pregnancy kind of heightens all of those emotions where you've probably gained some weight. You're kind of big. You're not feeling great. Like you just want to get this baby out and not have any, you know, like it's just a big thing. And then to have your husband be struggling with something that connects so much with you and the way you look and, you know, like it kind of seems like that in the moment that is always really, really hard. Yeah, for sure. So after his first disclosure about him being finally being honest with you and kind of telling you everything that happened, did it get better from that? Was he honest for the rest of his time or did he kind of start slipping back into his dishonest habits? So he would do really good for a few months, but then once he started relapsing, it was that he would relapse and then later that day he'd relapse. So then he would tell me that he only relapsed one time instead of Mm -hmm. telling me he relapsed twice. Mm -hmm. And that would start the cycle of not being entirely honest and then hiding ones that just because he felt like they were so close together, he didn't need to be open and honest about it. And so that's where we'd slip back into bad patterns of dishonesty. Gotcha. So has that kind of been going on throughout the entirety of your marriage? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely been something that we've struggled with for the last few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is really, really tricky. And I remember I would always tell Matt, like I can deal with a pornography addiction. Like it's not ideal, you know, but like, I feel like I can support you. I have the tools to help you, but like, I cannot deal or help you if you are being dishonest. And if you're lying to me about it, like that is just not going to fly in our marriage. So it was always like way more upsetting to me that he was lying to me about it. And even more than like the pornography itself. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've had similar conversations with Jackson where I've told him, you know, I'm okay with you having this. Like, I don't love it, but it's here. But when you're not honest with me, I don't feel like I'm being treated very well. And that's where I would have the issues is because I was doing my best. I didn't feel like he was doing his best to be honest. Mm -hmm. And that's where, where I would struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. So talk to me a little bit more. And you mentioned you were kind of having some struggles with feeling good about yourself when all of this was going on. And it seems like there's kind of been patterns of dishonesty in your marriage for different time periods. How have you been able to get through that as an individual? Like, how have you been able to cope with all of that? So at first I was just really bitter, had a lot of anger. And then I started meeting with a counselor and I came to understand that this was his issue. It was not my issue that had nothing to do with me. And so being able to separate myself from the addiction was a huge help, just in understanding that my role had nothing to do with 
what was going on with Jackson and with his struggles. And once I was able to understand that, I was able to feel a little bit more of my self-worth because before I'd felt like his pornography addiction was due to me missing something or lacking something or not being able to fulfill his needs and wants. Mm -hmm. And so that was really helpful being able to separate the two. I love that. I think that's really, really good advice. So talk me through, like, let's say that Jackson has a relapse. What are the thoughts that are going through your mind? Like, how do you talk through with yourself how to actually separate yourself from his addiction? So a really good tip that my counselor gave me is when he comes to me and tells me that he's had this struggle, that I just need to take three to five deep breaths. I just need to think and process um, what's going on and how I'm feeling. And if I'm feeling such a way where I'm angry or upset or hurt, we needed to have a plan in place for me to take time for myself, some self-care time. Something that we established was if he relapsed, I would get an hour to go do whatever I wanted, whether that was go to Target and shop or just go back to the bedroom and read some books. It was that I had an hour to process and to think, and I wasn't expected to respond immediately to his relapse. And that was something that really helped me take time to separate from the addiction. That is such good advice. I love that. I can see how that would be really, really helpful, especially when you said like, if you're feeling angry or bitter or any of those kind of like negative or like stronger feelings to take a step away instead of trying to deal with it in the moment. Like, cause I know that can get really escalated if you're really mad and upset about it. So it's really probably nice to take a step away and then come back and respond later if you need to. Definitely. And it helped us have much better interactions where we were able to talk about it rather than argue and being able to communicate really helped our marriage just because we suddenly were communicating instead of yelling. Mm -hmm. And that brought us to a much healthier place. That's amazing. Did you guys have any kind of rules or boundaries or something about Jackson and when he would tell you about a relapse or how he would tell you about a relapse or more or was it more on your end what you needed to do so we had rules for him as well he had to tell me within 24 hours okay and then we discovered that he was telling me as we were going to bed and as we're going to bed it's just never good so the other (laughs) deal was that it could not be as we were going to bed it had to be earlier in the day so I could process and not just lay in bed and stew about it Uh uh-huh So we did end up coming up with those two rules, right? 24 hours and it had to be earlier in the day rather than right at night. Cool. I really like all of those ideas about how you can deal and communicate and process those emotions and stuff. That's really helpful. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about maybe changing gears a little bit. So it kind of sounds like you have had this journey and a lot of experiences where your husband is struggling with pornography And there are times where he's honest with you, times that he's dishonest with you. And then you kind of end up finding that, finding out that he's been dishonest with you. Right. So it seems like some trust has been broken. You kind of feel betrayed sometimes. And so I'm just wondering, like in those times that you didn't trust him, what was your marriage like? I kind of want to do like a side by side of hearing what it is like when there is no trust in your marriage and then what it's like when there is more trust. Okay. Yeah. So when, when he would break my trust, there was definitely a lot of hurt. We weren't, we wouldn't communicate. We didn't spend time together because it was just too hard 
Like we didn't want to acknowledge what was actually going on. And at that point we were definitely individuals. We were not a couple. It didn't feel like there was very much of a relationship. And I'd just go over to my parents' house and pretend that it wasn't happening Mm -hmm. because they live just 15 minutes away. So it was easier to just escape and ignore this big thing that was going on in our lives. And that definitely was hard for him because then he felt like he had no support and he had to tell me, but he didn't want to tell me because my reaction was so poor, which is not an excuse not to tell, but it just definitely doesn't help the process at all. Yes, absolutely. Whereas when he was honest and open and we had trust, that definitely we were just happier. We had a better intimate relationship. We had a lot more open communication and open communication for me is one of the biggest things because if you can't be open, then there are so many things that just build up over time. Mm-hmm. And so my personality is definitely the type where if I'm having an issue, I want to talk about it. So when we were in those unhealthy cycles and I didn't talk about it, it really just ate away at our marriage and the foundation it was built on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That was just really interesting to me to hear kind of the two different sides of what it's like when there isn't a lot of trust and what what, what it's like when there is a lot of trust. And I just think it's amazing that you guys have been able to go from that place of distrust in your marriage to being able to trust each other again and being open and honest with each other. I That's not an easy thing to do. And I think it's really incredible that you guys have been able to work through that and stay committed and just put in so much time and energy to do that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so talk to me when you kind of say, open communication like what do you ask Jackson to talk to you about do you kind of just only ask him to tell you about his relapses or do you like to know more things of like when he's struggling or what he's struggling with more details like that I like more details just because it keeps him accountable mm-hmm. and not details as in I want to know what he's looking for right. when he relapses but I want to know um how he got to that point like if he was struggling why he didn't communicate with anyone or reach out and I want to know what he used to get on like whether he found a loophole through limits that had been set on his phone or well I just want to know how he got to it and then I just want to know if there's masturbation or not because for me that there is a big difference and if it's just viewing or if it's viewing with masturbation and so those are three things that I like to know about I want him to be open and honest about that yeah those things are really helpful to understand so you can kind of know how to help but also just I mean at least more for me a lot of times I kind of just put those things like on Matt's sponsor like we kind of got to a point in our marriage where I was like I kind of want to know details like you were saying but I don't really want to deal with it if that makes sense like because a lot of times it didn't really work out for us for me to be like okay well this is what we're going to do now and like these are the steps that we're going to take like it just wasn't working in our marriage So I would kind of know the details and then I'd kind of be like, now you go talk to your sponsor about how you're going to do better next time kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's not like this huge argument almost where we had a lot of defensiveness and it just ended up not being great for us. So that was kind of something that was helpful for me to hear those things, but then kind of have him deal with it separately, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And we do, Jackson does have someone that he talks to quite a bit. And he's more accountable to that person when he's having a hard time. It's easier for him to reach out to someone else who's had the struggle. Mm-hmm. And as well as he has software on his laptop. I wish I could remember what it was called, what it is called. But it sends weekly reports oh, to nice. his sponsor. And that yeah. way they're able to 
be accountable. And when Jackson first approached me about it, he asked if I would get the reports. And that was something that I was like, no, because then I'm checking up on you and then I'm far too involved to be able to right. separate to separate myself from this. Uh-huh. And so there definitely have been things where we've decided not to deal with that inside our marriage, where it's just kind of handed off to someone else mm-hmm. to help Jackson with it. Yeah, which is so interesting, at least for me, at the beginning, when we first were dealing with this, I was like, I want to know everything. I'm going to check up on you. I'm checking your internet. I'm checking your usage. I'm checking, you know, like I was the person that was like checking and he was accountable to and all those things. And then kind of like you said, like I was way too involved. I was getting way too emotionally invested and all the things. And it was really hard to separate like our marriage from his addiction. And then I was kind of like, this isn't working. Like we kind of need a third party situation going on so I'm not as involved with this because that was just too hard for me but I know it works really well for some people to be as involved like that so I think it's just different for every couple yeah definitely I was also going to ask you so it sounds like you guys have been able to work through a lot of these things and find a lot more trust in your marriage and I'm just wondering you kind of mentioned a few things that you do to help you communicate and process things can you think of any other advice or things that you've been able to do to help build back that trust? So I've been very fortunate in that Jackson's understanding of my limits and what I'm willing to and not to do. And one thing that I told him at the beginning when he first started having his relapse again, relapses again was that I will always love him. There's always going to be love, but that I don't have to trust him. And that's something he has to earn. And so he's understood that I'm not holding it over his head. I'm not telling him that we can't be intimate because he relapsed, but I'm telling him that I don't trust him enough to feel that intimacy or to feel like I can come to him with issues. And so that's something that he's been very good at is having to earn it back on his own. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not something that I, like I said, I try not to hold it over his head, but we're able to be open and he'll ask me something. I'll say, I'm just, I'm not, I don't trust you enough right now, Mm -hmm. this situation or to have this conversation. So that's something that's really helped me gain trust back is that he doesn't force me to trust him. That makes sense. He lets me do it on my own time. Yeah, I like that. And so what are some things that Jackson does to kind of earn back that trust? You kind of mentioned like the open communication and responsibility and accountability. Are there other things that help you feel like, oh, he really loves me or, oh, like my trust is slowly being built back? So another thing he does is he serves me. He makes it a point to do little things just so I can see that he loves me because when he relapses, I'll go through periods where I feel like he doesn't love me the same way I love him. Yeah. It's just not as unconditional. And so he's been really good at serving me, but another big thing is just time. It just takes time. And when he allows me that space and that time to gain trust back, that's when it's easiest. Yeah, that makes sense. I really like that. Sounds like you guys kind of have a great system going on with what to do of how to communicate and also how to build back trust and stuff. I think that's really amazing and wonderful that you guys are willing to do that. I also was wondering if you can tell me about some, I don't know, I'm just thinking about like those listeners who are maybe, maybe this is like their first time that their husband has disclosed their problems and they have like a ton of distrust in their marriage right now. I'm just trying to think about them and what that feels like and how, I don't know, dark of a place that can be sometimes. And I was just wondering if you can think of some experience, if you're willing to share about 
when you were maybe in a dark place and how you were able to get out of that? Like what tools did you use or how did you communicate things like that? Yeah, for sure. So a big one for me was counseling. That's where a lot of my healthy habits developed. And with me being pregnant again, a lot of his relapses started coming again, but having that foundation of just knowing what I needed to do to take care of myself definitely helped. But as far as just being in a dark place, I found that I had to read the scriptures a lot. I ended up buying a book of Mormon and saying, I wrote in the front ways that God loves me. And then I read the book of Mormon and found ways that he shows love for his children. And that definitely helped me feel his love as I saw those things in my own life. And that for me really helped get out of a dark place because I wasn't looking to my husband for love. And I wasn't trying to just create love for myself, but I was looking to my heavenly father for that love. And that was where I found the most help and um, comfort. That is so sweet. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I love that. A lot of, you know, you always hear um, in church or different places about kind of like the triangle with God, like God, you and your spouse, like kind of in the covenant and in the marriage. And sometimes it feels like if your spouse isn't really, like you said, willing to put in the effort to love you or show love or appreciation, it's awesome that you're able to go to God as that source as well. And I love that experience that you had with the scriptures and finding his love in that way. That's a really great experience. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely, I felt a little bit weird doing it at Mm -hmm. first because I felt like I was, I was supposed to be getting that love from my husband. But I found that by strengthening my relationship with God, it strengthened my relationship with my husband. Because even when he wasn't being entirely honest, or if he was having a hard time, I was still able to find that love and comfort somewhere else, rather than being completely dependent on my spouse for it. Totally. I love that. Um, Well, Mary, I just feel like you are such an incredible woman. And it just seems like you have been able to learn how to be so independent in a way of like your happiness and your strength and self-worth doesn't come through your husband. It comes from yourself and from God, but you're also, I feel like, so you kind of have that side, but you also really know how to find that unity with your husband. Cause that's so important too, you know? And I love that you're able to be independent as a person, but also be unified with your husband. And I think that is so important, especially in relation to addiction and marriage, because it can be really hard to separate those things sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience. I just love everything that you said. Is there anything else that you were wanting to share or any other things that you feel like are important or would be good for someone to hear? No, I mean, it's never easy. I don't think pornography addiction ever gets easier the more you deal with it. But I do think that finding ways to help yourself and take care of yourself through it is probably the best thing that you can do just because you can't control your spouse. You're never going to be able to control your spouse. So finding ways that you can control your own life is probably one of the best things that you could do. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's something that Matt and I have, Matt has been sober for a while now, but it's something that still affects us and something that we still talk about like really frequently, just making sure that he is honest with me, making sure that he's okay and not feeling triggered and all those things, you know? And sometimes it's overwhelming to me to think about the prospect that this is going to be our whole life, you know? Like this is our whole marriage of always wondering, is he being honest? Always wondering if it's something that he's struggling with. Um, and sometimes that's a little bit scary to me, but I, 
exactly what you said. Like, I just think it's so important to be taking care of yourself during those moments, especially the hard moments. And I just feel like that's the the best way that you're going to be able to get through it. Because I doubt that it'll ever just like magically go away for any couple and like you never have to deal with it again. So it's something that you're like constantly dealing with and constantly progressing through, you know? Yeah, definitely. And one thing that, I mean, I'm not grateful for pornography addiction, but one thing that Jackson and I have talked about quite a bit because he has so much guilt over the fact that he has this addiction is that at least he can connect with our children. I mean, we have two girls, but girls can still view it and Uh get access to it just as easily is that he can have those conversations because there are ways that I will never be able to understand what's actually going on. And I'm just grateful that he, as a father, will be able to handle that because I don't know how I ever would even Mm -hmm. have that conversation, not having any background myself with the struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And especially for me having boys, I'm like, I feel like I'm even a little more nervous about my boys growing up in that, you know, and it's kind of like targeted towards boys, especially young boys, but Matt, definitely too about how he'll be able to help them and hopefully just be like open and transparent about his struggles. And hopefully that will help our boys and your girls, like you were saying. And I also think like, I mean, of course, not, not stoked about pornography addiction and like how that affects and stuff, (laughs) but something that Matt and I have found is that we, we have really been able to grow closer together through this. And it's kind of like accelerated our marriage almost, or like the strength of our marriage in a lot of ways, um, because we've had to learn how to communicate. We've had to learn how to build and gain back that trust. We've had to learn how to forgive each other in a lot of different ways, you know, and I'm sure you can relate to that. And it seems like you guys have also gotten stronger through this experience as well. Yeah, definitely. Because we've had to grow in ways that were uncomfortable, but we are better equipped to handle disagreements. Even something as simple Mm -hmm. as just like a little disagreement is, oh, we already have the process down. We have the pattern down so we can do this too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's definitely just made little disagreements or things like that easier. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, again, like I keep saying this, but I'm just so impressed with both of you that it's something that you've been dealing with for several years and you've been willing to put in the work and the effort. Cause I know people who aren't willing to do that or husbands or wives who aren't willing to put in the effort and try to make it better. There's kind of like, yeah, I'm just not going to deal with it and just pretend like it's not happening, you know? And like, that's a way to go and that's fine. Sometimes people just need that space, but I think it's really amazing that you both are coming to a place of humility and um, just being willing to work with each other and be patient with each other. That's really wonderful. Well, you two are so amazing. And again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I know it's not easy and I know it's not easy to be vulnerable and open to sharing this part of your life. So thank you so much for being willing to do that. You are so Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know. For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org. We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for more guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.